Now, for those of you who can remember that uh, when we kicked off the series, this is the third part of the series on how to be used by God. Are you guys enjoying the series? Come on now. Are you guys enjoying the series? How to be used by God. And uh, this is part three. And when I started off, when, I, we, when we kicked off with the first part, for those who attended the service will remember, and I don't have time to get into the entire message because of time, so I just have to quickly recap and then get into the second key. Well, remember that I've given you a key. And we've gotten into something very specific. Come on now, how to be used by God. What a topic. There are a few questions that is most commonly asked in the body of Christ. I would say top of the list is how can I hear the voice of God? That is the most commonly asked question in the body of Christ. How many of you have asked that question before? How can I, you know, how can I hear the voice of God? I want to hear His voice. How can I hear the voice of God? The second most asked question, I would, this is just my opinion, that is most asked, or well, that I get a lot is that, how do I know God's call and purpose for my life? And I would say that this question is very close to the first two, and that is, how can I be used by God? How can I be used by God? What an important question to ask. Are you guys with me? How can I be used by God? Now the Bible says this in the book of Matthew chapter 3 verse 11. And this is King James and this is John the Baptist speaking. is saying that I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that comes after me is mightier than I. Whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. And he will baptize you. Come on, I'm a church participating pastor. And he will baptize you. No, no, no. That's cheating. He will baptize you. Just do like Gerard is doing. I'm going to help you to memorize scripture. Okay, so everyone, everyone look at me. I'm an introvert, blue personality. I don't like what's happening right now, but just look at me. Okay. Again, this is John the Baptist speaking, saying that I indeed baptize you with water. Onto, this is something, I need you to get something. Onto repentance. But he that comes after me is mightier than I. Speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He will baptize you in in the Holy Ghost and with fire. Please understand and bear in mind that these are two separate baptisms taking place. The first baptism of the Holy Spirit is God's ability being invested into the life of a believer. But this is only known as potential power. We all know this. I just want to get to a point. This is only known as potential power, which means that the world out there, what is potential power? Potential power means that you possess the ability to do something, yet the world cannot yet see that you can do it. It is still dormant power. The key is that I need as a believer is to get a potential power into working power, potential power into kinetic power. Are, we, are you guys with me? The moment that I change potential power to kinetic power, it becomes visible. It now starts to produce results. 
it now starts to change and affect the environment around me. Are you guys with me? And now that is the key. So when I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it is the ability, dunamis power of God infested into me. But now I need to connect certain things to that base power to produce certain results that can change the environment around me. Are you guys with me? So how do I change potential power to kinetic working power? In this case, you want to connect the living Word of God, the Bible. Come on, lift up your Bible. Lift up your Bible. I Listen, I want to give you something quick, something short, but it's powerful. How do I change potential power to working power? Where it starts to affect the environment. You take that Bible that you are holding and you connect it to that base power, which is the Holy Spirit on the inside, within and around you. The moment that I do that, something else now starts to shift and change in my life. That is when I start to generate creating power. The power to take dominion. It is known as Kratos power. Come on, we all know this. Are you guys with me? Can I have an amen? Stay with me. I'm going somewhere with this. Yet, even with all of that, I will not be able to produce any results without one key that I've given you already. Jesus spent most of His time teaching and preaching while you're on this earth on the principles of the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because He knew that when the disciples catch that and they apply the principles, and they apply the principles, they will start to bear much fruit. They will produce results. Come on, I hope someone is with me in this night. Are we together now? They will start to produce much fruit. And so Jesus said in the book of John chapter 15 verse 8, New King James, For in this my Father is glorified. Can you still remember that? For in this my Father is glorified. That what? That you bear much fruit. For then you will also be my disciples. Which means that you cannot fall into the category of being called a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ, if you do not bear any fruit. Meaning when that base power remains potential power, does not make you a disciple. You can only fall into the category where I can say I'm a follower of Jesus Christ when I bear much fruit. There must be a demonstration of kingdom power through my life. Someone must be able to look at me and say, I want to be like that. I want to carry what is upon that individual's life. There must be something physically, tangibly about you as a born-again believer that will cause the environment around you to want what you carry. That is kinetic power. You're now giving up the anointing that is upon your life. So shall you be my disciples. Yet, with all of this, and I've stated that I've seen many fast from weeks, days, months on it. I've seen many pray for hours. Man, I've seen many tithe, give, sow seeds. I've seen many apply the various spiritual principles recorded in the very Word of God. And again, I would like to state that these are of extreme importance. As important as they are. I'll be together now. I mean, we teach these principles from this pulpit week after week. I'm not, they are of extreme importance. 
but as important as they are, you will not unlock the principles. You will not unlock the power. You will not unlock the blessings that is locked up within those spiritual principles that you are applying. You will not, you will not generate any results unless the motives of your hearts is set in right order. When there is, listen, can you guys remember this? That was key number one. You see, there are three keys. There was originally two, but I've added now another one. So there's actually three keys. There's much more, but I would say these are the predominant ones that will cause you to be in a dimension where you can be mightily used by God. The first one was the motives of your heart. The condition of your heart will be and remain the greatest determinants of the outcome of everything in your life, either for good or for bad. When there is sincerity, when there is loyalty, when there is honor, when there is integrity in your motives, I can guarantee you encounter that then you are standing on a platform where you are ready to receive the fire of God. Then you are standing on a platform where you are ready to be mightily used by God. Then your fasting will start to produce the right results. Then your giving will start to produce the right results. Then your prayer will start to be answered. Then all the spiritual principles and practices that you have to apply to your life, it is then that you will start to generate results, but not any kind of results, the Jesus kind of results. For yet again, I stand reminded of the words so eloquently spoken by the Lord Jesus Christ. For very truly I tell you that for whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. You were born to bear great fruit, but through, I don't know if someone is hearing me in this night. My time is running out. And so I want to get into a second key, a secret that you need. And this is something that I've seen evidently in this generation. It is not just applicable to the youth. When I'm going to, when I'm going to call it, many will think it's just applicable to the youth. Mm -mm. The second thing that you do need in your life to be mightily used by God, you must know yourself. You must know yourself. Say, I must know myself. Listen, knowing God is extremely powerful, especially as far as fellowship is concerned especially as far as communion is concerned, especially as far as your rising up is concerned, especially as far as your spiritual orientation is concerned. Are you guys with me? But in addition to knowing God, it is of equal importance that you know yourself. Say, I must know myself. Put on the screen quickly for me. Psalm chapter 49 verse 20, New King James. Why is this so important? Because God will speak to you. Now, I've stated before that the most, most asked question in the body of Christ is, how can I hear the voice of God? 
God speaks to you. Please understand that we serve an ever speaking, ever doing God. And just because you cannot hear and just because you cannot see does not mean that He keeps silence or that He stops doing. No, we listen, we serve an ever speaking, ever doing God. Meaning that He's always speaking to you. You're just not aligned correctly. Prophet spoke this morning on something that was of the utmost importance. And I hope that if you have not attended the service, that you will go and get a hold of it. When he spoke about Kairos and Kronos, it is, listen, it is something that is so, you need to be so spiritually in tune with the Holy Spirit of the living God. It is something that you can miss so quickly. It is something that I pray every day. Father, help me to remain perfectly in sync. Help me to remain in perfect alignments with your Kairos moments manifesting in this Kronos time, meaning with your divine appointed moments manifesting in this natural time that I will not miss out on those moments. I don't know. Some people look bored. God will speak to you according to your personality. He's always speaking. But because you don't know yourself, you might have an identity. But that identity I have seen too many times has been shaped by media, by the, according to the world's viewpoints. And therefore you cannot hear the voice of God. But when your identity is established within Christ, that is something else. God speaks to you according to your personality. If you do not know yourself, you will start to find that you will stand in a place where there's confusion in your mind. Is this my thoughts? Is this God's thoughts? Or is this thoughts planted by the enemy? But when I know myself, listen, in a revelation of God, it is of the utmost importance that you know God. Because in a revelation of God, there's a revelation of you. Put on the screen for me, Psalm chapter 49, verse 20. New King James. And it says, um, this you need to remember. A man who is in honor, yet does not understand, is like the beast that perish. People are responding as if they've got, I understand now. Okay, sure. That, okay, no, no. Let me explain what this means. Every born again believer stands in a position of the highest honor. Can we agree to that? I'm going to break this open. Every born again believer stands in a position of the highest of honor. The Bible, just keep this on for me. The Bible says in the book of Psalm chapter 8, verse 4 and 5. What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. And hast crowned him with glory and honor. Again, I state that every single born again believer stands in a position of the highest of honor but many lack 
the understanding of their position in Christ. And the reason why they lack understanding of their position in Christ is because they still lack the identity of Christ in them. I don't know if someone is hearing this. Again, I state it is of the utmost importance to know God. Because in a revelation of God, there is locked up a revelation of you. But if you do not know yourself, that revelation of you that is within Christ cannot be unlocked. You need to understand and know yourself as an individual for the revelation of you in Christ to become a reality. This is where the Bible now says, and clothe your head with a helmet. Come on now. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Many lack a revelation of their salvation because they do not know themselves. They lack revelation of their identity in Christ. They have not yet gained or tapped into that revelation of themselves, not according to this world, but according to the viewpoint of what Jesus Christ said that you will be. I don't know if someone is hearing this. Let me explain it like this. Listen, you are not defined. Many, many are defined by the upbringing by the culture, by the household that you might have grown up in. Are we together now? You may know yourself in terms of your background, your education, your culture, and the household that you've grown up in. But that is not you. That is not your identity. Because I've seen too many people that will grow up in a house where there was poverty, and they will automatically think that that is my portion. That is not your portion. That is not what God has got for you. I'm telling you that as a born again believer, a son and a daughter of the Most High God, you are royalty. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. That is your portion. What is, listen, what does God have to say about the situation? That is what matters. Not your upbringing, not your education, not your circle of friends, not your bank accounts, not your, listen, not your culture. That is not your identity. Do you know and understand your spiritual identity? That is the question. It's two different things. Many have identity established according to the world's viewpoints. But do you know your spiritual identity? Come on now. Say spiritual identity. The Bible says this, and I love this. The book of John chapter 1. Put on for me the King James. John chapter 1 from verse 1 to verse 7. King James, John chapter 1 verse 1 to verse 7. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was with God. Are we together now? The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was light, in Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. And yes, John, he's speaking here. And he's saying that there was a man sent from God. This is a man that knew his spiritual identity. He knew his spiritual orientation. I need you to get this. Are we still together? And it says that there was a man sent from God whose name was, no, whose name was Kalela. 
His name was Jürgen. His name was Marcus. I don't know if someone is hearing me. There was a man sent from God. Man, this man had a revelation of his spiritual orientation. Do you have a revelation of your spiritual orientation? Do you carry a revelation of your spiritual identity? It will define whether you will be mightily used by God or not. Verse 7. And the same came for a witness. Still speaking about you, Melissa. And the same came for a witness, I'll say. The same came for a witness, Gary. The same came for a witness. To do what? To bear witness of that light. Why? That all men through Him might believe. That is a corporate commission commandment given by the Lord God Almighty. But one man understood his spiritual orientation and could say that I am a carrier of light and therefore I can bear witness of that light. Come on encounter. Are you carriers of the light of the Almighty God? If you can claim that you carry the light of the Almighty God. Come on, the Bible says that I am born of light. Therefore walk as children of the light. If you claim to be a born-again believer, then it means that you are carrier of His light. If I can give that, then I bear witness of that light. And I've spoken on what it means to bear witness. I'm not going to get into that now. But take notes of the origin. He says that I, there was a man sent from. And so the Bible traces your orientation back to heaven. Listen to me, I want you to get this. The Bible says that we are in this world, but that we are not of it. The Bible says that I am seated in heavenly dimensions with Christ. The Bible says that I am now clothed with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it is now Christ who lives in and through me. Now listen, I'm giving you a spiritual identity tonight. That is why I'm speaking like this. I hope that I have got people with me. Are you guys with me? I want you to understand your spiritual orientation. I want you to understand your spiritual identity. What I'm doing right now is I'm taking your identity and I'm placing it, I'm establishing it within Christ. Now bearing in mind what I've just said, put on the screen for me, John chapter 3 verse 31, New King James. And it says, He who comes from above is above all. I don't know if someone is hearing this. He who is of the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth. He who comes from heaven is above all. Hey, encounter. This is a mentality, a perception and a perspective that should change your life. Because this means that as a born again believer, that you have the greatest of advantage, not just over the things of this world, but even above all else against the things of our adversary, the devil. You have the greatest of advantage. You have the greatest of advantage. Are we together now? You will need though, you will need to know your spiritual identity. You see, we sit with a generation where there's a severe lack. I mean, I've seen this. A severe lack of identity. Many do not have a scriptural-based understanding of who they are. Many do not have a scriptural-based understanding 
of who they are. Do you know your biblical description? Because a lack of the very thing that I'm speaking about right now will cause you to go seek your identity in worldly things. Do you know your spiritual identity? Listen, the Bible says this, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are fearfully. We take that word lightly. You are fearfully made. Do you know the real you? Come on now. I've said this before. If, you, if it was possible for you to unzip this outer fleshly shell and your spirit man should step out, you will be afraid of what you see. The Bible says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Can you imagine? Can you imagine David standing speaking to God, having advanced visions of the angels in heaven? Come on now. Four and six winged angels. Angels with, with eyes all over. A wheel within a wheel covered within eyes. Can you imagine if something like this must suddenly appear beside your bed and you wake up and you see this thing? Come on now. Don't be now all super. You'll get a fright. I can guarantee you that. And the man David had these visions and he's saying, my God, what is man a mere speck of dust compared to your splendor and your glory and your creation and all that you've made. I see the, all of the angelic hosts and, 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 and I look at man, he's but a mere speck of dust. Yet you have made him a little lower just than yourself and you've crowned him with glory and honor. Come on now. And he stands amazed at this very thing that I have seen. This fearful peace. Can you, are you guys hearing me? Can you imagine how the real, now the Bible says, Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, and God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. So if you want to know what the real you looks like, go find out within scripture itself, what does he look like? And the Bible says that there is fire in his eyes, that his face is shining like the noonday sun in its full strength. That out of his mouth when he speaks, it sounds like a rushing river of many waters. And out of his mouth proceeds a double-edged sword. I don't know if someone is hearing me. The Bible says that when he speaks, that there are seven thunders that goes out. If the real you that has been made in his image, maybe I shouldn't go here, should step out. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Do you know your spiritual identity? You will get a fright, but I can tell you. Do you know your identity? You see, many define themselves according to the world's eyes. And the picture the world paints as to what it means to be successful. Amen. And what needs to be done in order to fit in with the status quo of the day. And just all to be accepted. But I'm telling you tonight, encounter, that this is dangerous. Again, I would like to state, please don't think that this is just something that teenagers deal with or the youth are dealing with. I have met people and I've seen many adults in their 30s, 40s and 50s that have a severe lack of identity. 
they have just mastered the ability to cover it up. Lack of identity. We sit with a nation, with a generation and age where there's a lack of identity. Listen, now this is what I want to get into this time. The perception that you have of yourself will influence the environment around you. And the perception you have of yourself is determined by your identity. That perception will influence the environment around you. Come on, we all know the story of the 12 spies, one leader of every tribe. 12 tribes, 12 spies were sent into the land of Canaan to go and spy out the land, to go and see the condition of the land. Are we together now? And we all know how 10 came back with a very bad, wicked and evil report. But now this report spoke contrary to what God have already said. Please take note that we all know the story of how Moses sent the 12 spies, but even that in its essence was actually wrong. And there was a lack of faith in that because God did not tell them to go and send in spies. He said that I have already given you this land and that I will be the one that will go before you when you enter this land and that I will drive out the inhabitants in this land from before your very eyes. You shall not need to fight in this battle. I have already, I have already, I have already given it into your hands. Yet they came back with a very bad, wicked and evil report. The report spoke contrary to this blessing that I've just told you about. Where God says that I have already done this thing. The Bible says, that when they came back, the report stated that we saw the sons of Anak. We saw giants in that land and we looked like grasshoppers in their sights. And even to ourselves, we felt and looked like grasshoppers compared to them. Are we together now? This perception that they had of themselves influenced an entire nation and prevented an entire nation from entering the promised lands. It is very dangerous the perception you have of yourself because the way that you see yourself is the way that the enemy will also see you. I need you to understand what is your spiritual identity in this night and I need you to tap into it and to live accordingly because that will influence the environment around you accordingly. Your identity, again I state, it is of the utmost importance to know God, but equal to knowing God, you need to know your spiritual identity. They walk hand in hand. Can I have an amen to that? Listen, say identity. If you do not know your identity, it is dangerous. The world that we live in will eat you for breakfast and it will spit you out if you do not know your identity. As a born-again believer, I guarantee you, and that is where many find themselves so many times at a place where they feel bad for weary, is there's still a lack of identity that needs to be established within Christ. It is a daily process. It is not a one-off thing. You continually need to seek the face of God because the greater revelation you have of Him, the greater revelation you will have of yourself. It is progressive. Are you guys with me? Unfortunately, 
Men are willing to give up their spirituality in order to become acceptable according to the world's eyes. This is true. Are we together? Know this encounter, I have to close off. That to be a Christian means to be a warrior. It is no small thing as this world makes it out to be. To be a Christian does not mean that you are weak. To be a Christian does not mean that you are weak. And so as a good soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ, do not accept or expect to find it easy in this world because it is a battleground. Your occupation now, your occupation now, your job description now is warfare. And so as you clothe yourself with peace by peace of the armor of God that have been provided you by the only eternal almighty God to stand effectively on this battleground, it will be wise of you to remain in the mindset of that this prepares me for war. Listen, we are not in friendship with this world as that would be enmity against God. No, we walk in fellowship with the Holy Spirit of the living God. I do not walk to please man. I walk to please God. My spiritual identity is not locked up in what the world says. My spiritual identity is locked up in what He says. A soldier's mindset is to protect the one by my side. They don't care about themselves. They care about the one next to them. Are we together now? This thing is not about you. It is about the body of Christ. Can I have an amen to that? If you are still full of yourself, it will produce pride. Pride will bring you down. It will kill you. Are you guys with me? But when you are full of the light, when you are full of truth, when you are full of the revelation of God, then this will produce healthy confidence, which means your identity will then come from a place of dependency on God. I don't know if someone is hearing me on this night. You see, we have a generation that have become bankrupt in their conviction. Have you lost your conviction encounter? Because we live with a generation that have become bankrupt in their conviction. They will become anything based on whoever says what. And they falter between opinions just to fit in, just to be accepted. Come on, it's very easy to say, no, no, not me. Until the, until the pressure is there. Are we together now? Many are being trained up as apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, even many as mighty business women and men. Are you guys with me? Yet many are willing to give up that God-given call that exceeds any other call just because of some ill-informed, arrogant individual. Are we together? 
when ignorance wants to crush and destroy your passion that you have for God and wants to crush your commitments and the fire that you have for God. Listen, the next time when someone wants to kill that passion, the next time when someone wants to kill that fire and that commitment that you have for God, I want to tell you, do not engage with that battle. Do not engage in that battle. Do not even waste your time trying to fight. Here we have David arriving at the battleground, about to fight a life-defining battle. But so many get caught up because of a lack of identity into what is known as false battles. And the first person that he meets on this battleground is his eldest brother, Eliab. And the man starts mocking, devaluing, humiliating him. Says, David, why are you here? I know the motives of your hearts. That you only came here to spy out the battle. With whom have you left those small sheep of you, your little sheep? So they would always look down upon him. Are you guys with me? Now he could have chose to engage in that battle, but that was a false battle. Instead, he remained steadfast. In the battle at hand, he did not engage in that false battle. He merely turned around and he walked to another individual, asking what is happening here. After he found the information that he needed, he headed towards the king to face a life-defining battle. As long as that you still engage with your Eliab, Goliath is still roaming free in your life. It is time to shift your focus encounter because you are yet to fight that life-defining battle. And you will need the right identity by the time when you step down into that valley and you're about to bring that Goliath down. It will require a Christ-like identity. I can guarantee you that. It will require of you to know exactly who and what you are. It will require you, but that time you should have already been molded and shaped by various tests and trials. Are we together now? I have to close off and there's so much. There's so much. Say identity. Say again, say identity. Be set alight on holy fire and run with passion. Run with that joy that you have for God. Run with that commitment. Man, they will ask you, why are you doing what you are doing? Why are you attending every prayer session? Why do you go to every church service? Why do you attend every ear group? Why do you study the Word? Why do you pray? What about your social life? Shut up. You see, they will ask you, why are you doing this thing? Bear in mind that they mocked and they devalued Joseph until he became prime minister. Then the situation changed. Are you guys with me? They will ask you, why are you doing this thing? But the time will come. Encounter, mark my words. Your time will come when they will ask you, 
how did you do it? I want what is upon your life. I want to carry the same thing. Man, that passion, that fire, that desire that you have for God, let that rub off upon the environment around you. And let that rub off upon the people around you. Let that rub off upon your family members that are still unsaved. It does not matter how they respond. You will face the persecution now, but the time will come when they will ask you, how did you do it? Are you ready in cancer? Your time is now. You have been born for a time such as this. You are not a mistake. You are not a mistake. This is for many standing here. For many of you, your parents have told you you will never add up to nothing. You are useless. There is no good to you and there's no good in you. Yeah. For many of you, even going through school, you were told many times, you will be nothing because you have no wisdom, no understanding. And many have adapted their very, very way of living, accommodating things that were never yours to accommodate in the first place. Many were cursed, even in the womb, where the parents have wished that you were never there and you were told that you were a burden. But I want to tell you tonight, I want to crush those lies. Because that is exactly what it is. It is nothing but lies of the enemy, Satan. It is not the truth. You are not defined by those things. Because I can tell you with this, I do not doubt this thing, that God does not make mistakes. And so when He made you, I can guarantee you that you were not a mistake. He does not make mistakes. You were born for a time such as this. There is an anointing upon your life. And that anointing upon your life carries a mandate. But that mandate cannot fulfill its assignment until you step into what you need to step into. And you cannot step into, into what you need to step into until you have found your identity within Christ. The time is now encountered. But I want to leave you with this, that you are not a mistake. You are needed for this time. There is a message that each and every one of you carry that I cannot bring. You must bring it. And for the old people, thinking that, ah, I've lived my life. Never. Never. I want to tell you that God has only but started with you. He is the author and the finisher of our fight. And the very thing that He has started within you, He's very well able. He's very well able. You will not die until you see that call and that purpose to fall. No matter your age. 